Well, guys, we're in Romans chapter 12, and cheese, man, I see you. When someone's as awesome as you, they need not, you know, be called out because we just know. It's like the cheese man is here. Obviously, awesomeness is present. So does someone want to read Romans chapter 12? I personally read the ESV, but man, feel free to use whatever version you're most comfortable with. Um, just the whole chapter, man. Let's get at it. I want to hear the scriptures read aloud. So if you'd like to. I'd be happy to read it. Okay. Uh, who was that? I never... uh, Megan. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. I'm reading from NKJV. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that w- prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts deferring according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophecy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows with mercy, with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. Not lag- lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place for wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Amen. And then do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Nice. All right. That's the whole chapter. Um, you guys have a blessed week. Thanks for coming. I'm just kidding. We're in verse 14 officially, I think. We did talk about it. Actually, no. At 15. 15 is where we actually are going to kind of rewind. Um, am I wrong? No one Sounds about right to me. Sounds oh. about right to me, Jason. All I need is Renee to tell me on my track. No one else's opinion. <laughs> okay. So, no pressure. We will pull it back to verse 15 and try and maintain like the overall main point of this chapter as you tackle these smaller details, which is this all falls under the umbrella of laying our lives down as a living sacrifice to God. Like this is our spiritual worship. This is being transformed by the renewing of our minds, right? This is the will of God. Verse 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Uh, Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, uh, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. So you guys think about those two verses. I know Renee already has her hand up. She has some theological bombs to drop all over us. So let's hear it. Go ahead, Renee. Uh, I just um, wanted to start by just going back to verse one and just what you just pointed out, like perfectly. 
but I looked up the word appeal, which means serious, a serious, urgent, or heartfelt request. Um, and it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, on and on. I'll stop there because for for him to say this it's it is possible for us to present our bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god which is our spiritual worship it is possible to worship him spiritually and it is possible to not be conformed to this world and i just wanted to start with that and keeping that in mind as you said as we go on to verse 15 i think it is I told you guys those bombs were coming right there. That's and and again, I, Renee, what I love about your insight is that it, it's so practical and it's so simple, but it's so um, beautifully deep. Like, honestly, think about that. This is possible. I think so many of us walk away from this text and go, yeah, but he can't like really expect me to. No, actually, he is appealing uh, to you by the mercies of God to do it. It's possible as you live by the spirit, you can give yourself up as a spiritual offering unto God. Not that you're trying to replace Jesus or add to him, but it's in response to his sacrifice, right? That, that's what we're doing. This is actually possible to actually bless those who persecute us, rejoice with those who rejoice, live in harmony, you know, all these different things that are, are very practical. <laughs> like, I think, I don't know, I'll, I'll wait to share that thought, but these are very easy things that like not easy in terms of like, just do it like Shia LaBeouf, but in terms of like, this isn't complicated to understand. It's very concrete. Like we can do this. He's called us to it. Um, there's another hand up by Ned Nito. I, I think that's a hand that is providing question, comment. So go ahead, um, unmute yourself and share. Sisters, I just like to confess, I've been um, really excited to join this group. Uh, this is my first time joining one of one of the uh, sessions, and um, honestly, I I've been smoking nicotine, and um, just I just I feel really excited any time I smoke nicotine, and I don't want to get confused by any any of it. I will do my best to act accordingly, act in, in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that That's really it. I have I have another 15 minutes to, to stay. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go visit family. And um, I'd just like to acknowledge you guys as my brothers and sisters and what a wonderful family that you guys have. Mm. So, uh, amen. Amen. Good to have you here. Really. I, I get that excitement. Bringing that under <laughs> any control can be often hard, especially when we just have so much to say and think about. So, thank you, man. Um, next is username 1440. <laughs> you can go ahead. Oh, man. Okay. I hope the audio is clear. Um what I wanted to say kind of goes back to um, Renee's comment about spiritual worship. Um, funny enough, I was listening to um, the Gospel of John and John four twenty four um, when Renee was saying like God does expect us to worship Him spiritually. Like there is a way for us to spiritually worship God. It brought me back to when Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. And um, it says, God is spirit and those who must, or those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And here it is, you know, Paul is showing us how we can do that. Um, and it's funny because, like I said, like I was listening to that right before I had um, went on Discord and I was like, oh my goodness, Bible study, I totally forgot. <laughs> but beforehand, like when I would read john 4 i'd be like what you know in romans 12 i love romans so i'm like yeah awesome i just don't know how to apply it but um with the comment that renee made and then me just hearing john it totally clicks for me now so that's really really awesome 
Um, so yeah, that's what I wanted to share. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that verse in because if you weren't, I was about to. Uh, that, that God is actually looking for that kind of worship. And, and we think that God is just going to receive any kind of worship that we decide is fitting, you know, that we, we get to worship him on our terms. God actually has prescribed for us what is acceptable to him, what is honorable. And I can't help it. I've, I've been trying to think about how to com- communicate this well. We tend to over-spiritualize like the wrong things and then minimize the spiritual significance of the things that God really cares about, which is like the very practical, like boots on the ground, serve and love, live in harmony, promote unity, live at peace, you know, hold your tongue, resist the temptation to anger. Don't give in to that fleshly tendency to try and stand above people in conversations. You know, these small things that we often go, that's not that important to God when actually it's a, it's a very big deal. Um, so spiritual worship looks like our everyday interactions. Like I, I think of the way that I interact my wi- with my wife becomes um, either something that I'm confident to lay on the altar before God and say, this is a sacrifice to you. The way I'm interacting with her, the way I'm treating her, it's a pleasing aroma to you. Or I'm actually you know, not proud of that. And it's not a pleasing sacrifice. And, and again, this is not at all to negate the work of Christ or add to it or replace him. We're saying, again, we're responding to what he's done for us. And that looks like the list we see in Romans 12. That's what it's going to look like, you know. So uh, there's some, some guy named Free Indeed. Uh, must be a new guy. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I wanted to talk about when it talks about, um, I can't quote the verse off the top of my head, but it's talking about a, um, a holy, like living holy. And I wanted to talk about what is holiness. And um, I know what it what it means, um, but I, I liked one of the other teachers here to explain it. So if Grogu or if you, Jason, could talk about holiness and what it means um, by, by, you know, the actual doctrine of holiness, like the, the biblical definition. And then how we are to somehow conform to that, like. I'll do you one better. If Grogu would like to share, he can. And then I'd like to hear everyone else's perspective and we can hopefully build a correct picture of holiness. Grogu, go ahead. I know you got something. Set apart. Set apart is what it means. It means unique and set apart and specifically for God. Because he is the one who actually gives us our holiness. Be holy for I am holy, he says. Well, um, and the idea of God in his presentation of everything. So his attributes, looking at the fruit of the spirit, which are God's attributes. His kindness, his gentleness, his love is unique and set apart. It is holy. There's none like it. And so he asks, asks us to be set apart for him as well because of what he offers in that through the work that he does and that we would walk in that, that we would identify with that and that our behavior, our actions would reflect that. So oftentimes I think we can have the the wrong idea of holiness that it's just this unattainable thing. Well, that's not true. He's the one who imparts the holiness for us to set apart understanding that means set apart so we just walk in that as part of our life um i think there can actually be a tie very much a tie to something that we know of or word that we know of called sanctification that is a set apart way of living that is in opposition to what the presentation of the world is and that's all i got to say about that yeah uh you nailed it i was just gonna say otherly just distinct from, um, I think of sacred when Jesus talks about uh, in Matthew 6, and he gives us the disciples' prayer, really. Um, he says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's this hallowed sacredness, set apartness to the name and character of God. He's fundamentally otherly than different than the culture and the world system around us. Um, and he is set apart, and he, and he calls us to do the same. And all throughout the Bible, there's all these different things that are set apart, utensils, sacred space, sacred people. Um, and they're set apart, not just from something, but to something, right? And so holiness is going to look like uh, 
moving away from something to something better, which is namely God himself, who is holy, who is completely otherly and different and uniquely set apart in, on a class, in a class all on his own. And then he calls us to be holy as he is and to not live common. You know, that, that's often um, a word that uh, I think is going to be the antithesis to holy it is common. And so we don't want to live common. I, I want to live different. I want to live in a way that honors God, consistent with his truth, uh, consistent with his character, consistent with his son, and, and consistent with the promises and the work he's done for us. Everything that I just want to line my life up as best as I can with who God is and what he says. And as I do, I'm going to look different. And that's why sanctification plays a role in that. But yeah, Johnny, what you got? Yeah, I would say my understanding of holiness um, is very similar to what you guys are saying. You know, the, the Hebrew root word of like otherness, um, sacred. But when I think of holy, I think of like whole. I think of like a whole of all the good attributes, like love, like mercy, like justice, like compassion, like all the things that we see that Christ embodied, right? He is the image of the invisible God. Anyone who has seen him has seen the Father, right? And what's unique about God is, is it's all good. It's like, it's not, it's not bad. So like, if you had a piece of paper and you drew a circle and everything inside the circle was good, then everything outside of the circle would not be good. So it's either like common or, or bad or evil, right? And so I think of God like that. And a part of his other or part of his sacredness is that he's never changing. So everywhere else we look in the cosmos, things change. People age, you know, politics get more progressive, like, or there's backlash and revolution. And there's all, all these things are fluctuating. It's like a world of uncertainty. But then you go and you, you gaze upon Christ or you gaze upon the scriptures or you gaze upon the glory of the Father and he's never changing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's this like eternal thing that existed before anything else. He, he was the, you know, they, they say the big bang theory. I always say, well, who banged it? Well, that was God, if you will. You know what I mean? I, I think of it like that. Like he's the first cause of everything. Um, so when I think of holy, that's sort of what I think of. But then when I think about myself, I'm like, well, I'm not very holy. But the more that I read the Bible and the more I develop a, a relationship to Christ or he's my friend and he's my teacher and, you know, he's my savior the more he teaches me how to become holy so I can love somebody. And when I'm loving somebody, I'm holy. When I'm bridling my tongue, I'm holy. When I am slow to anger, I'm, I'm being holy. When I'm generous, I'm being holy. When I'm being faithful, I'm being holy. So when it says to worship God in spirit and in truth, well, the spirit that I'm trying to worship in is the spirit of Christ. Not the Antichrist, but the spirit of Christ. The spirit of salvation, the spirit of, you know, it says in the book of Hebrews that God is love. And then if you look in other scriptures, it gives you the definition of what is love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's never boastful, right? So all of those things are the holy attributes of God in that wholeness. And he invites us to share in his wholeness and to let others know about this holiness. And the only way to really invite somebody in is that they have to see the salt and the light. They have to see God's holiness in you. Otherwise, we're common like everybody else. Otherwise, we're not good because we're not in that circle of, of, of completeness or holiness that is in God. So that's, that's sort of my understanding, just to piggyback off of the foundation you, you brothers laid. Amen. Amen. Thinking about holiness, as you guys look at verse 15 and 16, you know, kind of this outline of holy living. Not that holiness is restricted to just these things, but this is a part of a holy set-apart life. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 15 and 16. Um, what stands out to you guys? What questions? When he says rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Um, just those two verses alone could be unpacked for quite a while. So I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts and any insights, any questions. Uh, you might have. And as you guys kind of gather your thoughts and think about what it is, can 
Brother Ken, Master Ken, step up to the mic. Not even close, wretched <laughs> man that I am. Let's uh, yoke. Let's yoke with one another. Stand where we stand and uh, don't try to drag your brother along just because you know something more than they do. Don't cause somebody to be having to drag you either just because you're having a hard time. You know, that there's a there's a hand in hand to that. You know, we, we have to be patient with the one who needs to learn. And we also need to keep our eyes focused because our brother is leading us. So as they rejoice, we rejoice. As they mourn, we need to mourn with them. We, we need to show that they are not alone. At least they have to stand longer in that position by themselves, causing it to take longer to get through that cycle. So it, there's, a, there's a little bit to be said about doing things together. That's why we come together like this. And interesting enough, when we get into uh, verse 16, when it says to, to live in harmony with one another, that, that we are not only to, to be one, but to get along, to, to like each other. And then, interesting enough, when you get to the Strong's word, do not be proud, or some say do not be hauntly. That's actually the same word together. It's interesting enough. And uh, took a little screenshot of that just to show it should pop up. So as we're doing so, we, we observe each other. We seek forward. Not that we seek each other, because when we yoke together, we're both fa facing forward. We're not facing each other. We're not seeking our brother to have the answer for us. They encourage us to seek the throne. They encourage us to seek the word. They encourage us to get in prayer, to have the right posture forward. It's never to the other person or somebody else side by side, because we don't need man. Let every man be a liar and let God be true. Man, thanks for sharing that. I was just looking at that screenshot. Yeah, that is amazing. Um, when you think about what we're called to, you know, I, I think about throughout my Christian life, I think I've progressively become more, I always mix up empathy and sympathy. So I'm going to say this, I'm going to put them both out there. I've become both more um, of these things, <laughs> I guess, more relatable, understanding. I got the feelings people have resonate with me and uh, they become personal to me. Uh, that's happened as I've grown closer to Jesus. Um, I just wanted to present a question. Like some of us read that and we go, that's not me, man. Like I don't weep with those who weep. <laughs> that's, that's far from it, man. I, that's the last thing on my list is to like cry with people who are crying or, uh, yes, thank you for that picture. Did you just have that on hand? That's, that's wonderful. Um, the difference between sympathy and empathy. Sympathy says, I'm sorry, that must hurt. Empathy. Yeah. Okay, so it's empathy, absolutely. Um, and so the question becomes, yeah, how do you get to that place where you, where your heart actually does mourn when others are mourning and, and rejoices with people's uh, success and what they're excited about? Like that's hard uh, for some people. Others are more, you know, that's more natural for them. So I was just curious to hear about how how you guys. Um, Look at the scriptures. How does one get to that point? For someone who has this this heart that is almost cold to other people, and it's like, ah, uh, it seems like there has to be an element of selflessness involved, right? Um, right there, it says uh, associate with the lowly. So, so pride and self centeredness seem to be, uh, you know, contradictory to this kind of mindset. Which is, I want to, I want to mourn with those who are mourning, and I want to rejoice with them. Well. You have to not be self-centered, um, and that's a process too. That doesn't just happen overnight. Uh, like humble post, we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Right? Did he not take on uh, the the epitome of human weakness? Didn't he take that on not just in his life but on the cross and our evil? And yet he was never 
sinful, right? He never gave in. Um, so I don't know. At the, the level of being able to relate with someone it seems to be something that's connected to our relationship with Jesus. Like if he related with us so well and understood our condition, I, I want to get to the place where that is something that I can say I have with my brothers and sisters, you know? So any thoughts just on that? Um, and again, I, I think, man, if you're prideful and self-centered and you see everything through the lens of how does this benefit me, it's going to be dang near impossible to actually have a heart that uh, feels for what other people are going through. And it's almost like the prerequisite for that is a selflessness. Or even the opposite, the man says, being happy with each other. So... but those who we live in harmony. All right, we'll keep reading since you guys don't have, at least I don't see a list of hands. Ken got his thoughts out. Sweet. Andre? Yeah, we're all caught up right now with the hands. So. I guess I could oh. say one more thing to the end of 16. Uh, never be wise to your own sight, your own understanding. Do not be conceited. Uh, different ways of saying this. The way I like to look at it is from my own perspective. Wisdom is from above. We do have head knowledge, but if we think about this perspectively, every little bit of knowledge we have is like a puzzle piece. You throw all your puzzle pieces out onto the table and say, God, this is what I have. For that day, he puts those pieces together. That knowledge you have for you to understand it, that you can perspectively see that day the, the next few weeks, the next couple days, that month. And he shows you by what you understand his wisdom. So we give all wisdom to him because he puts those pieces. But when we sit there and we start shoving those pieces together and trying to jam them together and say, God, look what I did. See, doesn't that make sense? And he's just kind of looking at you like, have fun with that. Go exhaust yourself. But when we give it all to him, we take everything we know, our knowledge, and we give it to him. He will give us the wisdom we need for that day, for that moment, for what we are suffering through, persevering through. Now I'm done. Yeah. Dropping bombs. Andrea, baby, go ahead. I think this zeroes back into, as you was talking about, um, holiness. Because only through holiness will we be able to be empathetic. We cannot be empathetic outside of holiness. Outside of God, we are not able to. It's too much of a burden. We cannot hold on and help anybody at all in any way if we don't have God with us. It will literally take us out of here. Like, just imagine, like, us trying to take on in our own. But God has to be able to give us that. Because he said, "Is my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, in Christ, in God, that's the only way that we can... Be empathetic and be able to listen to, you know, other people and what's going on with people and, 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 and witness in that way. Otherwise, you know, it's, you know, the ultimate dis-ease. Like we're going to take on other people, not only our own, but, you know, things that's going on with others. We can't do it unless we are filled with the, the Holy Spirit. That's the only thing that allows us to be able to do it in a way that we come out, you know, uh, you know, fine and, and walking in the fruit of the spirit and walking in good, you know, sound mind. Yeah. And when you're filled with the spirit, uh, there, there is more of that compassion, that empathy and understanding for sure. Um, and so uh, if anything it requires us to be as close to Jesus as possible, you know, this isn't, hey, go out and do this on your own. You got this. It's lean on Christ for that kind of heart. And the more you know him, the more you know his heart for his people and for people in general. At the end of verse 16 kind of got me scratching my head because I get like rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another. Like that assumes a harmonious kind of unity and where you're doing life with each other, right? Life on life. And we're walking together so that I can 
I not only can celebrate your success, but I've been with you in the hurt. And I've been there with you waiting for the success and waiting for the answered prayer. So I've been walking with you. Almost like this journey of yours has become my own. Like I get that, but then verse 16 ends and it's like, hey, don't be wise in your own sight. Take it a step further. Never be wise in your own sight. And you're like, what? That seems like a disconnected idea at first. It seems to not really be relevant. Um, I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts and how that maybe fits into this idea of really loving genuinely, rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep and, you know, associating with the lowly. I'd love to hear your thoughts, Renee. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just um, never be wise in your own sight. Um, and it's spoken just after live in harmony with one another. In other words, do not be haughty. If we're haughty and wise in our own sight, think we know better. Um, we can't live in harmony with the brother, with the brethren, because there's no there's no room for unity when we are we think we're better than somebody else. Um, and that's what I get from that, the being wise in your own sight and how it connects to the living in harmony. Um, and we're not to put the lowly aside. Uh, when when I hear the word lowly, I think of someone that we tend to judge people by their appearance. Um, and, you know, different people come into the church and whatnot. And I'm always telling people we've got to we've got to just treat everybody the same because you don't know that person's heart. Um and Christ associated with the lowly. He he associated with the leprous. He associated with the the Samaritans, the people that the rest of society didn't want to have anything else to do anything to do with. It was just like they were the untouchables, so to speak. And so we're to we're to be willing to associate with that type of person if that's what calls us to do. Because at the end of the day, that person's got a soul. And God that soul is just as precious to God as your soul and my soul is. So that's that's what I get out of that. It's like associating, you know, initially sounds like, oh, Jesus just hung out with people, but he actually went a, a million steps further than that. He put on human flesh and actually stepped into our shoes um, and didn't just eat with people who were, he was like, I'm way better than you, right? He actually stepped into the human condition and subjected himself to what we were under in order to break us free. And then he actually spends his life as a human, you know, associating with the rejected, with the outcast, with, you know, not, not only, but primarily um, the kinds of people that were, you know, marginalized and the tax collectors and the prostitutes and the sinners, you know, and it just, that kind of frames up a new level of, Hey, associate with the lowly. It's not just like, Oh, well, I invited them to my birthday party. No, it's actually you um, trying your best, you know, as far as you're able to step into their shoes and see from from their perspective to try and understand how they think so you can best serve them. It's not this impersonal, you know, cookie cutter kind of service where it's like you get this, you get this, you get this. It's it's personalized to the individual because you know them well enough to know what will resonate with them, right? You know what makes them tick, you know what they like, you know what they don't. Um, Actually, I, I don't know if uh, Xavier is on here. Are you still on here, Zay? He just messaged me. He might have left. Um, he's going to share a testimony after. I want to get to uh, Melchizedek. Go ahead, man. Are you there, Melchizedek? Can you hear me? I think you had your hand up at least. Yeah. I see you. Yeah. Indeed. Is he maybe server muted? No, he's not. Huh. Well. My apologies. Like, ah, everything works like in crazy ways, dude. As soon as so I'm driving, right? And as like, uh, my Bluetooth is connected to the my Bluetooth earpieces. And also to the vehicle. So as soon as I called, got called, it switched over to the vehicle. And I'm like, and I, and I, even in my mind, I'm like, I, I, 
I'm pretty con- I'm pretty sure that right now I'm being called. And fair enough. Like as soon as I fixed it, I'm being called. So anyway, um, quick little thing of what was happening behind the scenes. So uh, the comment I just you know I'm glad I didn't forget is uh you know that Satan has a counterfeit for everything that's godly. You know so like uh, love, God given love. You know there's like uh, like you know like evil love. I guess you can say like hey like anger there's god anger uh and there's there's a there's like you know evil anger you know that can lead you to do evil things and so forth so he has a counterfeit like for for everything you know that's the comment i wanted to um give (laughs) sorry i can't concentrate too much because i'm driving into big rigs and then um like somebody said something about uh about the samaritan woman and I kind of feel that, like, Jesus is, like, strategic. Like, he chooses, like, you know, he chose her, obviously, because she was, like, she humbled, she told the truth. Uh, uh, but also she, like, she went and wanted to tell everybody about what she had just learned, the Messiah. From her seed sprouted, like, all of the Samaritan town, basically, you know? So that's what we need to do, you know, he gives us, like, a thousand silver coins, five thousand, you know, whatever we're gonna do with them. Like she planted all her seed, you know. And that's you know, that's what we all we all should should do, you know. Uh take advantage of the gifts that God gives us and to to, to, to the to the fullest because that's one of his commandments. Uh or 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 not a commandment but a, like a request, you know, go and make disciples of like the nation. He really didn't even ask us for many things, just like in the Garden of Eden. Like he didn't ask them for any, like anything. Really, he just said, "Don't eat from this tree," and and, and populate the world. What do they do? The one thing they, you know. So he just told us to do a couple of things, you know, like just believe in me, uh, abstain from eating, uh, drinking blood, uh, fornication, just like three little different things, and then one other extra thing he said that I remember that I can recall. I'm not a pro, is you know, go and make disciples of the nation. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's too hard, you know, just rely on him and make disciples. That's it. Yeah. It's a two sided coin there with that one. Go and yeah. preach the gospel. And those who respond, then bring them in so people can be discipled. Can't make disciples out of people who don't want to be discipled, though. Can't. Absolutely. Them. You know, like, uh, but we just got to go plant the seed. But how can the tree grow if we don't, if we don't drop the seed, you know? So we got to drop the seed, and if God decides to continue to water it, it's not up to us. Like, oh, that person is ugly. I don't want to preach the word. Like, no, dude, like, preach to everybody, you know? Yeah, that's right. You know, along those same lines, when it comes to, again, this not being wise in your own sight, um, that seems like almost a verbatim quotation from Proverbs 3. Be not wise in your own eyes. Uh, Genesis 3 also, uh, the, the woman looked at the fruit, right? Qualified it as, hey, this looks good to make me wise. So never operate by human wisdom. Otherwise, you end up like, nothing against Prophet Samuel, but my guy did look at the oldest brother uh, of David and go, this is definitely God's anointed one. And God goes, uh, actually, I don't make judgments based off of appearance. You know, men... Uh, humanity makes judgment calls based off appearance. The Lord looks at the heart, you know. And so when it comes to associating with the lowly, that re- that requires us to actually evaluate people through the lens of, of God's word rather than our own preferences or what we do or don't like or, you know, um, all these other different worldly kind of standards that we're tempted to evaluate people through, right? And so it it really depends on the standard by which we are evaluating people i want to see people like renee was talking about as a soul a real living image bearer of god that was made for his glory in his image and that brings a tremendous amount of value um to that person and a a level of seriousness to the way i interact with them right so that now i'm not just interacting with any joe schmo like this is an image bearer of god who has an eternity and has eternity written within their heart and they're made for the presence of God. And I want to care for that person rather than, you know, seeing them through this worldly lens of like, well, how rich are they? How much money they got? How successful are they? 
How beautiful are they? How much do I like their humor? You know, um, not to say we're going to get along with every person equally. Um, there's different, you know, for sure concentric circles of that. But it's to not let my own interpretation and, and initial evaluation of someone drive the decisions I make to interact with them or not. Um, I wanted to allow uh, Xavier to share just a little bit of his, his testimony. He messaged me a bit. Um, Zay, you don't have to share like all the backstory and stuff. You and I, if he's here, I don't know if he is here. Is that the X Grace 55? Yeah. Yeah, he's not actually in the voice call, just in the. Let's get him in the voice call. If you can't, I don't know how. I'm going to say, hey, jump in the voice chat. So hopefully he can share. Um, He's had a tremendous amount of struggle this last year. And speaking of rejoicing with those who rejoice, man, here's a real opportunity. Force it, right? But man, listen to uh, Zay. Can you? Hey. Zay, I want you to share. I know you and I could spend hours talking about your story, and I know how much you fought and come against this last year. Maybe to summarize in like five minutes. Uh, yes. Celebration. I want. I want. I want the God to hear, and a little bit of the adversity, and you know, let's. So. Go ahead. Um, you know, as as you know, Jason, I came home from the Navy. Um, you know, I I lost a lot of uh, I lost a lot of money, I lost a lot of time, I lost my vehicle, I lost my home and um we really lost everything and I was unable to work, I was unable to provide. There were days where we were, you know, scraping change together to get food or even a, a gallon of milk for my 2-year-old. Um and that went on for months, for months. And I, I had to, you know, talk to the VA and fight for fight for my claims and my percentages. And um, after six months of battling homelessness and starvation and lack and depression and anxiety, um, God has has really done an, an unbelievable miracle. Like it, it happened so fast. So about three days ago. Um, I opened my email and I had an email from the VA and they went from 0% all the way to 100% um, on my VA disability. So I'll now be getting $4,000 a month. This in turn increased my VA home loan from $25,000 to $250,000. As of today, my family will be moving into our brand new home um, around January 25th or sometime around January 31st at the latest. I will not have to make my first payment on that home until March 1st, which will give me time to accrue, you know, some more disability payments, have those savings and be able to afford that um, every month with no issues whatsoever. Um, the house was actually almost $20,000 more than what my loan approved. But by the work of the incentives that this um, agency was offering with these homes, we were able to get it for 250000 on the dime and actually only have to pay around $3,000 in closing costs, which I already have set aside. I also will be receiving retroactive pay um, for these past six months. And tomorrow, I'm going to get my family a vehicle after a year and a half. Of us not having a vehicle. Saturday. Saturday, I'm going to get a free laptop for Mm. my son. For Christmas, they're going to have a beautiful treat. (laughs) And it's going to be full of presents. (laughs) We're never going to have to worry (laughs) ever again. Oh, bless your brother. Bless your brother. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy for them. 
Nice. Bro. I have you. Are you kidding me? Yo, we just at church. <laughs> people like on this server have no idea what you've gone through this last year. But I've celebrated mm -hmm. with you so hard. I couldn't help but smile the whole time. Because I know what you've been through. I know you trying everything you can, trying to get in the Navy, being discharged, coming. And, and what was the sickness that developed? Can you kind of speak into that for a second? So they diagnosed me um, at 23 years old. Um, I've been diagnosed with NASH and fibrosis of the liver. Um, I'm at stage one uh, of fibrosis. So it's actually progressed since I've been home because I was at stage zero. Um, and it's, it's a fatty liver disease. And it usually happens in people who are either morbidly obese or um, drink a lot of alcohol. And I am neither. So the doctors are really confused as to what's going on or the actual cause uh, outside of a genetic predisposition. But even then, uh, to be at this stage at my age is, is extremely uncommon. So um, they're very concerned as to what's going on. They're trying to get to the bottom of it. Um, I also contracted mono, which became a chronic version. Uh, so I'm kind of, you know, stuck with it. And I have to be very careful with, you know, my wife and children, of course. Um, and then they found a fissure in my colon that's probably going to need surgery. Um, that has caused me to have fecal incontinence. And if you don't know what that is, don't know. In, uh, in layman terms, that basically means if I have to go to the bathroom, um, like number two, I can't really hold it. So uh, there are times that I have accidents and, you know, I, I'm, I'm really battling that. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm keeping my faith. I know that God's going to do a complete healing. He's already done all this on our finances. Uh, <laughs> So let's go. Praise God. Zay, I am so excited for you. You went from this borderline with the kids and not knowing what you would do for work because you're sick and you can't do it. The house, car, God provides, and we're believing for healing. I'm so glad that you jumped on. Like, of all the Bible studies you could have jumped on. You suddenly come out of nowhere when we're talking about <laughs> those who rejoice. I mean, come yeah. on. How appropriate. How appropriate. That's, that's a God thing. I'm sorry. That's a God thing. 100%. been praying for you. Remember, <laughs> remember like, do you remember months back, Zay, when, when we were just believing that something has to give, like that God has to do something. And you went yeah. from zero to 100, like you said, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. That's how, uh, that's how he works. That's how he works. Literally, and I lied to you not, my wife was on TikTok um, for about three days straight. And we were both at our wits end. And, you know, Jason, you know me probably better than anybody else here. But I'm, I'm a really strong person. But even strong people, you know, after so much, mm -hmm. eventually yeah. strong people fall too. Yeah. And yes. my wife, you know she had kind of crumbled and you know, I'm trying to hold on and be strong for her, but I had, I had just, I couldn't do it. And at that last moment, there were three different people that prophesied. God is going to fill this week with good news. God is going to fill this week with good news. God is going to fill this week with good news. Very mm -hmm. next day. The first thing I, I saw was 100%. Man. The day after that, I called oh. the guy about the VA home loan. It improved 1,000%. And what how long is it in the Bible that we see God increases tenfold whatever the enemy took from us? Yep, yep. Praise God. And he, I've got he Holy Spirit goosebumps right now. <laughs> he fulfilled the scripture. Like, literally, it went up 1,000%. It was at 25,000, and it went up to 250. <laughs> like, like that, doesn't, that doesn't just happen. Like, it... <laughs> Not... If I could just, man, um, I don't even know how to to explain the joy that is in my heart and that is in my soul mm. at this point in time that my family will never be hungry. They will never be homeless. 
they will never need for anything like literally the dream and the desire of my heart that I have been begging and pleading and praying for is mm -hmm. now a reality and it feels like a dream. Amen. Amen. Well, can we, first of all, Hallelujah. thank God. And yeah, we praise yeah. you. God. Thank you for that. Man, thank you, Lord, so much for providing. Thank you for giving generously to our brother and his family, God. Thank you for sustaining his all the way through. Thank you for him the endurance. God, we celebrate our brother. We, I cannot explain how excited I am, Lord, for him and his family. Um, they've been working at this, praying, pleading, asking, seeking, receiving words from you for the last year, and it never looked mm. getting better. And God, you know how to take nothing and turn it into everything in one second. You know how to do that. So, Lord, we celebrate, we thank you, we praise your name. This is a testimony yes. that is all about your glory, all about your power, all about your yes. ability care of your children zero yeah. to 100 God, thank you we praise your name we pray <laughs> testimony would fuel the faith of so many in this room you would actually yeah. get glory from what will be planted from this testimony in the hearts of so many we believe that you are for sure father stirring up faith and confidence in the hearts of your people who have been believing they've been receiving words and holding out during and fighting God, whatever it is that our brother um, has next, God, we pray for the different physical issues he has. We ask, Lord, that you would please yes. um, bring him through this, comfort him and his family through this in the presence of sickness. We, of course, believe for healing in the name of Jesus. We, of course, ask you to completely remove all the sickness to mend what needs to be healed and repaired, to bring restoration yes. to the body, Father. And at the end of the day, your will be done. You know what is best. You know when healing comes. You know the pace it needs to come. And so I pray that you would help Zay now and his family to trust you through this. Thank you for lifting the burden of that financial and not having a car or a place to live or even knowing yeah. if there's food. God, you've lifted that off him. And I pray that you would help him and his family maintain faith and glory unto yeah. you through this next phase. Thank you, Lord. Man, we praise you. We praise your name in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.